Welcome to the Expat Cast. I'm your host, Nicole Palazzo, and I want to wish you all a very happy Thanksgiving, whether you're in the U.S., outside of the U.S., doesn't matter where you are in the world. I think the best thing about Thanksgiving is that it asks you to take time out of your daily life and look around you and think, hey, what am I thankful for? I'm a huge believer in any excuse to reflect <laughs> about life and to talk about it with other people, especially people who you might not normally have these kind of conversations with. So I love New Year's because it's time to, to set resolutions and reflect on the year that you've just had and set goals for the year ahead. Um, and I love Thanksgiving because it's a couple weeks before the end of the year, but it asks you to sit back and look around and say, okay, where have I come so far this year and, and who and what am I thankful for? One of the things that I'm really thankful for is simply women. Women who are strong and empowered and are doing everything that they can to help lift others up. One such woman is my guest today, Katarina. Katarina is not a trailing spouse. She is an expat partner because the term trailing spouse sucks. And we'll talk about that more later. <laughs> Katarina, I always joke, is sort of my inverse. So she comes from a town near where I live now in Germany and she moved to Chicago. I came from Chicago to a town near her hometown in Germany. <laughs> so we sort of swap places and we both share a deep love for cows that neither of us can really explain. <laughs> And what I find so amazing about Katarina is when she moved to the U.S., she was faced with a far more challenging reality than she was expecting. And I faced some similar challenges in my own expat journey, and you'll hear me talk about that this episode. But what I find so amazing about her is that she stopped herself from, from spiraling into this deep, dark circle of doubt. And she said, hey, you know what? I'm going to get myself out of this. And you know what? I'm going to find a way to get other people out of this with me. And she is working tirelessly to help expat partners across the world. She's got such an amazing outlook. She's got such a deep love for statistics, which I also think is super cool. <laughs> so I thought it was appropriate that I shared this episode with you all today, Thanksgiving Day 2018. <laughs> So my name is Katerina. Uh, I'm from Germany and now I'm living in the US and I normally say that my name is Kate because uh, no American can pronounce my name. So uh, <laughs> you can either call me Kate or Katerina. <laughs> I've heard American versions of that name like Katrina or like the hurricane. <laughs> I experienced with Starbucks that my coffee never get into my hand. So I started to use Kate as a short version. <laughs> I've had that too. I actually, yeah, I switched from Nicole. No, I switched from Nikki to Nicole when I moved to Germany because Nikki is like a boy nickname primarily. I also just like how they say the name better. Nicole in German sounds cool. So I went with that. But but then you get this identity crisis in this situation where you're like, my name is, I don't know, I have two. Which one do you want? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, on the positive side, each morning you can decide what your name is when you go to yeah. prep your coffee. So. <laughs> and you have a name that has nicknames that's also very convenient when you're living abroad because I know some people they there's nothing you can do with it it's your name and people can't say it and there's no nicknames so you're just like okay and now I'm x y or z name instead of the right one <laughs> <laughs> but cool okay so how did you end up in Chicago right well okay yeah I spoiled that one you just said America but I know you live in Chicago because that's how we yeah. found each other <laughs> exactly that's how we met actually yeah so I moved to Chicago about one and a half years ago uh, together with my husband and he was actually the reason why we moved in the first place so we both have been working in Germany 
And then his company asked him if he wanted to do a project here for two to three years. He came home with a, with this offer and I said, yeah, sure, let's do that. I was studying abroad before. I was working abroad before. And we've been just waiting for a new opportunity to experience a new culture. So the decision was made within two seconds, I guess. And then we packed our bags and moved to Chicago. Wow. And it was that easy and that quick. <laughs> yeah, very quick. We had been discussing a couple of weeks before, actually, if we ever want to go abroad again. So that was perfect time. Were you already married at this time? No. <laughs> okay, yes. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, we have been, we had been together for more than 10 years. Wow. So it was more about, you know, when we should get married, if this is like a concept for us. We never thought about that. There was no time limit or anything. But then, of course, when this huge move to America is happening, you start to think, what uh, privileges do I have when I go as a girlfriend? And what could I do if I go as his wife? So you got married then in Germany beforehand, so you didn't have to deal with immigration on top of marriage. Yes. It was easy. Yeah, there was just like five weeks between proposal and getting married. Ah. So there wasn't much planning, uh, and no huge ceremony. Uh, I would guess we would do that when we moved back to Germany one day. But we, have to be, we had to be quick for the paperwork and, um, you know, don't change any names, don't risk anything, that anything with a visa could go wrong. It was just, you know, signing a paper. So I have got the right to work here, actually, and to be to have some rights, which are very important for me, like staying with him here, um, getting the visa, getting the work permit and stuff like that. So do you, would you have gotten none of those things as a girlfriend? Exactly. As wow. a girlfriend, you don't have many rights, actually. So the company who transfers the employees abroad uh, rather prefers that people get married or are married. So the paperwork is getting easier. And had you had either of you guys been to America before you moved there? I've been um, a couple of times um, for vacation and also one time for a business trip, but um, never to Chicago. And um, before Chicago came on the table, I started Googling first because I had no idea about the city. So, and I guess for him, it was actually... Yeah, the first time. Huh. America was never uh, on our agenda. We both traveled a lot, but now it's the first time for us to discover North America and we use every chance we have to travel around the country. I think I remember you telling me that he's on a German contract, even though you're exactly. working in America, which is also super important because that means <laughs> instead of 10 vacation days, you have a German amount of vacation days, which is like probably like three times that or something. Yeah, it's about 30 days. Oh, that's great. Uh, and it's very important for us to uh, explore the country. And I guess we already, uh, within this one and a half years, have seen more uh, than most of the Americans about their own country. I believe it, yeah. And how did you guys feel about Chicago, like the big city life? You know, like there's kind of, there's a couple different versions of America that one could, could imagine. And the ones I hear Germans talk a lot about are like, first off, California. I don't think anyone loves California like the Germans love a California. <laughs> they are obsessed with it. And then the second one is like, is Montana. I've heard a lot of Germans talk about like Montana or anything like Western feeling with like Mustangs and, you know, like this sort of... I don't know, prairie feel to it. <laughs> and then <laughs> Funny, Chicago. I, say that. Uh, I never thought about Montana. Uh, we crossed Montana. Um, <laughs> but there is, uh, 
yeah, there, there's a lot of nature, let's say it like that. And not yeah. that many people. So maybe that's what I was like about it. Of course, I love California. So I'm fulfilling the stereotype um, completely. I guess it has something to do with a modern European culture somehow. I don't know why. I never thought about Chicago before, but I was so relieved when we came here. It was a week in February. It was so cold. Uh, and I was so relieved to see that it's actually a big city with great public transportations, uh, with so many unique neighborhoods and so many different cultures living together. Basically, I have the feeling that the whole world is here in Chicago. Depends on where you go. You can have different kinds of food and meet different kinds of people. And I love to hear the Spanish all the time from the Mexican people because I, I love the language. No, I'm really happy to be here. And that Okay, so that brings me to my... My next thought is, how is it for you? Because you, your husband had a job lined up. You got married so that you, in part, so that you could have the right to work. Um, was your plan to come and find a job here for just the two, three years? Or what was going through your mind at that point? So we both have been working in Germany. We both have been climbing the career ladder. Our profession is important to both to us. So um, I was wondering at the very beginning, okay, what should I do? And I, I used the network I had back in Germany to meet people here, to talk to them, to ask about jobs. I was working in marketing and consulting. So I was hoping actually to continue that uh, here. And in the beginning, everything looked very great. Uh, I was talking to some people about great job offers. And we moved here with me thinking everything will be smooth. And the only change would be maybe the culture shock, the language, the food, but the profession will be all set. And then when we moved here, my work permit got delayed. Um, it was just about the time when Obama and Trump uh, legislation have administration changed. So a lot of paperwork got delayed and the companies didn't want to wait that long. Other options just uh, failed because the companies have lost some fundraising. You know, some things happened. I could not actually um, do something about them. So I was uh, think I was stuck here in Chicago thinking, what should I do with my career now? It's winter. You have no idea what you do with your life. You're still new. You're experiencing some kind of culture shock. I guess everybody can relate who moved abroad. And that is not the best timing. And I felt quite alone um, by the company of my husband, by companies here who should have helped me finding a job. And then I start to research on the internet and gladly found out I'm not alone. Like most expert partners like me are moving abroad with this thought in mind, oh yeah, I can, I can continue my career. And then reality kicks in and uh, we have to think about, okay, what do we do next? That's so scary in so many ways. I mean, it takes so much of your identity away from you or feels like it's getting taken away from you. Identity is a huge topic. In the last one and a half years, I interviewed so many other expert partners and did so much research about that. And identity is really key here because when you move abroad, there is so much change. But when you meet new people and these people ask you what to do, and the simple question gets Key, that can be really challenging. So it seems like mostly it's women who move for their husband's job. Do you know if the statistics show that as well? Yes, that is the truth. So as my background is in marketing and consulting, I love statistics. So the first <laughs> thing I did was searching for that. 
service and everything I could find because I wanted to prove my, the feeling I've got uh, and the feeling I've got from all the interviews I take. So, yeah, you can say that about 75 to 86% are uh, women. And some sources say that this number is getting smaller, so more females are the working partner. But I don't see that happen so far in the statistics. So we can really say that three-fourths of all expert partners are female. Right. So then what ends up happening for a lot of people is if they're a young couple and they want it to both have careers and have this adventure, instead what can happen is they end up saying, well, should we just have kids now? And that's <laughs> such a crazy thing. But it's like, okay, well, if I'm sitting at home and I'm not allowed to work, what else am I going to do? Am I just going to hang out for, you know, and, and in some cases like yours, it's only X amount of years and maybe you can find a way to make that work. But I know of people who have just been like, well, I don't know how long I'm going to be in this situation. So maybe it makes more sense to just start a family now and take advantage of this time. Um, and not that there's anything wrong with that. And I mean, a lot of people, it's kind of like the wedding thing or, or the marriage thing where they, they knew they wanted to get married anyway and this makes sense to do it now. So they knew they wanted a family and now seems like a logical point. But there's something cruel about that too, about just the, the bureaucracy and the paperwork holding you back so much that you end up making your life choices based on that. Yeah, absolutely. You're hitting a good point here. Um, I stumbled across a survey um, a couple of years ago and that said like that 30, 35% uh, of expert partners are starting a family abroad. And now just recently, uh, the 2018 survey came out and this number has risen to 45%. Wow. So I can actually see a trend here. And that is the same feeling I have when talking to expert partners and communicating with people over my website. It's all about this dual career couples. You move abroad, both have a career and it seems to be just a perfect time to, to start a family. Um, there is no job. There is no money issues normally. So it seems to be a perfect time. However, there can be struggles as well. Because just because it seems to be the perfect time, it doesn't have to be like that. Because the relationship normally changes its dynamics. Uh, it can be a huge step for several women that uh, they are losing their personal income. While the household income is still high enough, it can be huge for relationship so you are lacking all this network you have with families and friends and um, creating and starting a family can make you feel uh, all alone so it might look like the perfect time on paper but i guess everybody should ask uh, if that is really priority right and you just mentioned your website and i wanted to definitely mention that so what i think is so cool about you and your story is like you took this challenge that was in front of you and you took this all these setbacks uh, and managed to turn it into something productive. So you did your research and then turned it around and made your own career. I remember the, the day that happened, the day I decided to create that website. I was at the company who should have helped me to find a job. And the lady told me, you know, why do you want to find a job? Your husband is earning money. You can, you know, enjoy life now. And I was there, you know, with my CV, my CV in hand, waiting to to get hired somewhere or waiting to learn and grow here. And I was so devastated by this woman who was my same age and um, also a career woman. And I was thinking that doesn't seem right. So I went home and I found out that only 20% of expert partners are working abroad. 
the reality is that 80% want to work. So the majority of people are the same, like me. We want to work, we want to do something, we don't want to waste our potential, we went to university and everything, and now we are stuck here in this situation. And I got really angry about that and thought about, I have to change something. How can it be that all the employers don't know about that? How can it be that nowadays in our modern times we are talking about um, emancipation and gender roles and everything? And here we are, um, mostly women, uh, out of the career for a couple of years, which can have a, a severe setback. So, yeah, I got so angry. I started this website and put all together the resources I found, um, the stories I found, and then I thought about solutions and what can be done here. So that is what I'm doing now. I'm, I'm doing coachings. I've written um, a career workbook as a guidance. My goal is to bring all these women back into profession. That is badass. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, it is such a weird thing where where I feel like the the type of person who's who's willing to take this leap of faith and move abroad and have this adventure is probably a pretty confident, empowered woman who wants adventure and has a hunger for life. And then to be faced with this reality of like, oh no, all that you're allowed to do now is stay at home and be this like this housewife that's not necessarily an identity that is easy to just take on without it being a choice, you know? And if someone wants to do that, I think that's totally great. It just makes me sad that when people don't want that, they have to do it anyway, especially in this age where we want to think that, you know, women are like you said, like emancipated and enabled to to be career women and all that. And there, oh, there are just so many of the people around the world. I know from my experience, I I had to take a job that was several, several steps below my level when I moved over here just to get the chance to come here and to start my network and start to build a career. And even that was, was tough. And that meant a certain financial dependence that made me really uncomfortable. And also through virtue of being an expat, I got held up with paperwork for a good three months and wasn't allowed to work, wasn't allowed to do anything really. There was even a month where I wasn't allowed to leave the country of Germany. <laughs> so I was just stuck at home and I had a hard time figuring out what, you know, how to play that role. I was like, so do I just clean all the time? Like, should I be cooking dinner? Like, but I hate cooking and I'm bad at it. And the way we've worked in our relationship is always Gordon cooks, but now I'm here. So am I supposed to be doing this? And all of these questions that were just, I mean, my answer to all of them was so clear, like, no, I don't want this, but it's what I have. It's a, it's a very uh, complex topic. There are so many different levels and it never gets old or boring. So every day I, I found new facts and new things we have to change about that. I'm talking now with companies, how they can improve their expat packages, because still most companies think that the problem is to translate a CV. And then I say, no, the most, the, the typical modern woman is able to translate her CV. Yeah. It's more about, you know, give her support, give her empowerment through a coaching or give her a network to present herself. Everything else she can do on her own. And those women who move abroad for their partner's job, like you said, uh, great women, they are well-educated, they are very brave. Then they come home and they have like a three years uh, gap in their CV and the potential employer says, okay, so what did you do? So here, I guess, we have to work. There is some work to do. 
and it's my mission to get more um, emancipation here. Because when you are out of a job for a certain amount of time, as you said, you tend to go back to junior positions, even though you already started your career ages ago and you're well-educated, you have a lot of experience, you're brave, and you bring so many soft skills. Absolutely. And I think, too, it's it's so good that you're going and talking to the companies as well, because then you get into questions like what happens with same-sex couples? There are certain countries or places where marriage isn't even an option for them if they wanted it. And so how do, how is that fair? How do they get to deal with this whole issue and this whole topic? And I think, so do you, you work with people from all over the world as well? Yes, um, that is actually something I'm, I'm very grateful for. <laughs> For example, this week I had a coaching, I was coaching a woman from South Korea who moved to the States. And just yesterday I was coaching a woman from Turkey who moved to the United, uh, to Canada. So, um, yeah, it's very international. And uh, that's actually the beauty of coaching and why I decided next to my website and putting all the information out there, I wanted something more personally, like coaching. And the funny thing is, I can coach a woman from South Korea the same that I coach a woman from uh, Turkey. Really? How is that possible? That is so interesting for me to see. We all bring along our similar topics, similar obstacles, why we won't um, take our plans into action. It's mostly about the mindset and, you know, that we are not communicating in a strong way. So therefore, I love coaching because it's very globally. Yeah. Do you find that you have to learn more about the, the laws in different countries to understand the client situations or is that less of a barrier? Not that much because at the beginning of my work, I thought that the laws are very important. For example, work permits and stuff like that. Uh, but then I found out that only 9% of the women are not working due to work permit reasons. Huh. So it's actually not about the regulations. Yes, of course, it can be a reason, especially in the beginning. But in the long run, it's mostly about mindset and having this feeling of not being good enough anymore because I'm out of work for one year now. And, you know, who wants to hire me and stuff like that. So while it might be um, legislation or administrative stuff at the beginning, it's more important for me to coach women in the long and midterm run, like, you know, when they are losing hope and need more confidence. Oh man, that's so true. This is like speaking to my soul right now because even though <laughs> I was able to work when I moved, and I, I don't know if I'm fully counted as an expat partner because I moved to where my partner lives and we didn't move together. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> but it's a similar similar struggles, I think. And And even though I was able to work, stepping so far down and paying my dues all over again took a lot of, my confidence out of me and then this feeling like I, I sort of started to believe like that's where I deserved to be and you know any jobs that I was looking at when I was ready to apply once my contract ended with my old job you know I was really limiting myself because I thought well what am I worth here I can't communicate perfectly with people and my job is public facing so I'm not even going to bother trying for half of these jobs because it's not going to happen anyway. And what actually ended up happening is um, in Germany, it's really common to send in Initiativsbewerbung, where it's, um, it's an unsolicited application. So I sent one to a library that I visited and really appreciated and enjoyed just to think, you know, okay, if you happen to have anything that comes up, let me know. I'm here. 
And they actually emailed me back immediately and said, there is a position open and it ends today. Like you only have two more hours to apply, but please, so much of what you talked about in your application speaks to this position. And I looked at it and I said, you know what? I, I had seen that job listing beforehand, but I didn't really know what it was. And it seemed beyond me because the title was Lita, which means like leader or manager. And I was like, well, I'm not a manager. I'm, you know, an expat who's been here for a year, who's working as an intern, essentially. I wasn't even going to apply until they told me, you should, what are you doing? And then, and that's the job I got. So it's, it's so crazy for me to think, you know, if you met me two years ago, I was like the most confident person. I had no trouble getting a job. I'd actually never had an interview where I didn't get the job. And mm-hmm. all of that changed when I moved here. And I, I still had it really easy. I still had a lot of that luck, but but because it wasn't what I was used to and, and because I went through that whole process, my mindset, like you said, it was totally, totally wrong. Totally, I, I was underselling myself and I was holding myself back way more than anything that had to do with this country was. Yeah, absolutely. This Your story is very common. It's like, you know, all these women who are very confident first and then things started, started to shift. Because we feel new here, you know, we don't belong here in the first place. There's this language and there are only a few things. But then what happens if you got rejected all over again, like again and again, you start to question yourself, okay, maybe I don't fit here. Maybe I should go more in a junior position. Or, and then you start believing in yourself. I recently met a German lady who is here with her husband and the husband is in, in a very high position and they're moving countries every five years wow and she did this lifestyle for the last 20 years so she's used to that and when we met she had to introduce herself to a group of people and all she did was talking about her husband and his work for like 10 minutes and then one lady asked her yeah that's nice about your husband what but what about you and she was like oh and that was so interesting for me um, because I thought like, oh, wow, she's doing that lifestyle for 20 years. But still, she, you know, she has lost her identity on the way. She did not know what to say. She was totally talking about her husband and his hobbies, for example, and his work. But stop talking about herself. And that was really interesting for me. So I, I thought, OK, let's do something here. Let's change that. Yeah, right. Give people that other option so they don't have to slink back into these I just felt like my demons were ruling my thought process for so long, you know, and it was, uh, it didn't matter how many people around me told me it was going to be okay. It was just hard to truly believe it until it happened. You know, I remember, I remember sitting there one time and, and a friend of mine said, do you like living in Germany? Do you like it here? And I said, I like Germany a lot. I just don't think Germany likes me very much because, you know, any, anywhere, anywhere I turn, it seems like it's getting shot down. And that was a very dramatic thing to say. Like it was, <laughs> it was not, my, my experience was not that bad. However, it's that feeling. And I can totally see how that can yeah. just cause someone to shift and say, you know what, then fine, I'm going to celebrate the accomplishments that my husband's having because I've sacrificed all of this for him. And his success is my success. And that's true. But it's also like, it's also limited somehow. You're still an individual and you deserve the right to be able to live your own life and have your own accomplishments. You know, I know people who haven't even been allowed to volunteer in their new country, so they can't even find work for free. 
It's wild. <laughs> so, Absolutely. And now this is your, your, you've turned it into like a full-time job, this like coaching and blogging and all that. And is this your plan for while you're, while you're in America? When I started my research, I found out, it's actually a very interesting fact that most experts, when they get to the end of their assignments, instead of going home, they go to another country. Mm. And I was like, no, wait, is that true? Because I'm not <laughs> planning to go to another country. So I called um, the professor who did the research and she told me, yes, it's actually a modern phenomenon. Like she said, more experts are going to another country than going home. <laughs> and it's called a serial expatriation. So you go from country to country to country. And I found that very interesting because it's like a thing of uh, modern times and we, we love to, you know, think globally and act globally. So, yeah, I, I started to think, okay, so when I find a job here now, what do I do when you move in three years? Yeah. And then I find a job again and then again. Right. Uh, because I'm not saying that we're going to, but maybe I don't, you know, I want to have the option. So my goal was to create a possible career, something that I can take with me. I found that with this blog and with my coaching, because I can basically do that from everywhere. Absolutely. And I think it's so important that you have had that same experience. You know, I'm, I'm sure that empowers your coaching to a level that you couldn't have if you just got onto this topic from the comfort of your home in Germany. You know, we recently had on a, uh, someone who is a, a psychotherapist who said also, you know, that's part of what's so important about finding a therapist as an expat is finding someone who is also an expat, who has gone through those same things and understands the difficulties that you're feeling every step of the way. Totally. I mean, I can see that when I'm talking to human resource departments, they are so disconnected sometimes from the reality because they have never been an expat, but at the same time, they are managing experts and they plan all the activities and the budgets for the expert partners, but they've never been abroad. They never lived abroad. And you have to go through this experience. And looking back, I'm actually happy I had this rough start because, you know, how else would I have understood the whole concept of what it is like losing confidence and then looking yourself in the mirror and say, no, I can do that. I can do that. So let's, let's see how. Yes. Yeah. And I also love that on your, your website and blog, it's called Share the Love, which first off is just a great feel good name. And then second <laughs> off, you're very intentional to use the word expat partner and not trailing spouse. And I had heard trailing spouse before I heard expat partner. And I always thought, oh, that's so rough. That's such a rough term. Trailing spouse. Totally. <laughs> I guess I should use this word more often to get higher Google rankings. <laughs> because, you know, everybody is searching for trailing spouse. But I hate this term uh, so much. So, no, I'm not using it. Uh, I guess expat partner is especially what we are. We are experts, we are living abroad, but we are also the partner. And it's like a special role with special um, pros and cons and obligations, but also a great opportunity. It's my goal actually to show women that moving abroad as the trading spouse doesn't have to be that bad. You are uh, the master of your own fate. So um, the moment you realize that, you can turn this around into something good instead of you know sitting at home crying over your old career. You can think about, okay, what can I do? How can I turn this two, three, five years into something very educational, which will change my life in the future? Yes, I love this. And you are about halfway through your, your planned time in Chicago, right? 
Yes, we are. Originally, we planned two years, but we love it here. So uh, yeah, now it's three years in total and it's halfway through. And I have no idea what comes next, uh, <laughs> but that is actually somehow the beauty of it. Uh, it never gets boring. Yeah, definitely. And you have all of this awesome flexibility to go see, like you said, all of North America, not just even the Midwest or not just America. You're you're doing it. <laughs> you're, you're making the most yeah. of your time there. And and have you um, gotten like any homesickness under check and all that? <laughs> you know, with the um, social media and FaceTime and WhatsApp, it's, it's so easy nowadays. Um, I remember the time I was living in Taiwan for three months. Back then, uh, it was way more complicated. I, you know, did not have any smartphone and stuff like that. Um, I was homesick back then, but here I can just jump on the phone and have like a video conference with my family or friends. It actually feels great. So it's homesickness more in a positive term. Um, my friends are now around the globe and I'm even more connected to people around the globe instead of only focusing on one country. Awesome. Well, then with that, we are going to round the corner and head to home with our ending segment, which is called Zack, Zack, Zack. So it's a rapid fire question round. I'm going to ask you three questions. You're going to give me your answer without thinking it, overthinking it. Just go with your gut. <laughs> Ready? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Would you rather go to Oktoberfest in Munich or to a tailgate of an American football game? Ooh, tricky question. I say Oktoberfest because I miss it so much. I actually thought since you've lived in Munich that you would say, I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) What is your least favorite American beer? Uh, All these strong IPAs. Oh, really? Yes, they're very spicy somehow. So I prefer like a light beer. Okay, and final question. If you could live for one year in any state in America, which would you choose? California. Like, just to fulfill your stereotype from the beginning. (laughs) Well, it's actually true. I mean, yeah, I would love to to live close to the beach, um, but also have, like, some kind of infrastructure and mountains. And, you know, you can have everything in California. That's the dream, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) very good okay those were your questions and thank you again for thanks for coming on the show and and thank you also just for all the work you're doing I I think it's so important and I'm so glad that for you it worked out and I'm so glad that you're helping everyone else you know women lifting others up I think that's amazing thank you so much Nicole yeah I keep on working until I finish my vision There it is, our Thanksgiving episode with Katarina. Definitely check out her website and her blog and her Instagram. She has tons of great content. And if you're finding that the things that she talked about really speak to you, then maybe reach out to her for some life coaching. Thanks again to Katarina or Kate for coming on the show. It's one of those episodes that, you know, when we were recording it, I loved it. When I was editing it, I loved it. And I'm so excited to be sharing it with you guys. Let's check us out on Instagram at The Expat Cast. Give us your comments and thoughts on this topic. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest at the expatcast or shoot us an email at the expatcast at gmail.com. 
Thanks, as always, to my partner in life and in podcasting, Gordon Eisenach. Thank you to Amy Lungi Art for the logo and to Sidehug for the theme music. You can find them on Instagram as well at a hug from the side, and they are also Chicago-based, so all of my Chicago listeners, check them out and see when their next show is. Next week on the show, we're going to be sitting down with an expat in Germany who comes from China, and we're going to talk about what her experience has been like as an Asian woman in Germany. Until then, have a great week, and if anyone's doing any Black Friday shopping, stay safe. Yeah. <laughs>